Are you a good witch or a bad witch? A real house haunting, broom riding, cauldron stirring witch. <laughs> Hi, my name is Grace McGrade, and you're listening to Bitchcraft, spirituality for bad people. This is the podcast where we talk things astrology, witchcraft, spirituality, and this week in the heavens, we have the sun entering Cancer on June 20th, and here we're abandoning Gemini season, and we're choosing safety over voyeurism. We're leaving behind the chaotic energies of Gemini where we're following questions and instead we're looking for safety and security. We're focused on family, the home, and our early upbringings, eager to find a semblance of nurturing and safety post-eclipse. We can feel like we're drowning in a soup of emotions here so we can use this time to carefully examine what we need to feel secure. Thankfully on June 22nd, Mercury stations direct which is going to amplify our ability to communicate from the heart. Now, give or take a few days, there can still be some delays. You still may need to recheck your emails, not text your ex, etc., etc. But things are moving from a very cerebral space to a much more heart-based, compassionate, empathetic, feeling-based energy. The month culminates with a full moon in serious, stern, daddy sign, Capricorn, on the 24th. And this is encouraging us to identify what is obscuring our sense of self-mastery and integrity. In 2020, there was a lot of action happening in Capricorn, and that was about checking our sense of ambition and what we're motivated towards and who we place on pedestals. What do we make important? Where are we embodying a sense of hierarchy that needs to be reevaluated? So this full moon is encouraging us to identify our goals and aspirations and where certain elements in our lives are out of alignment with that sense of aspiration. So if there's something obscuring your sense of adulthood, it's time to say goodbye. we have my dear friend quintessential Gemini lady actress and writer Harper Cullen I spoke to Harper over zoom about being a crazy girl about being a quintessential Gemini about balancing duels about growing up in Los Angeles about coming to some of my ceremonies and how witchcraft has helped her shape her reality I've definitely had a busy week. It's always a busy week. The astrological weather is heating up. You and your spells and your witchcraft. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for coming on the pod, Harper. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never done Har- this. 
Yeah, it's it's very exciting stuff. Harper is a beloved friend. I mean, I would even I would consider you a soulmate of mine. I would say the same. We're definitely we're definitely twin flame of some kind. Twin flames. You are um, an actress, mm-hmm. screenwriter, yeah, and patron saint of all Gemini's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. voyeur of reality, and one of the kindest, sweetest. I think one of my most insightful friends. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> and it's also like a fucking miracle that we still talk. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. So much, we're just, you know, I mean, drama. We love the drums. We love the drums. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, you're a Gemini. This is coming out in the middle of Gemini season. Mm-hmm. What makes you a Gemini? How do those traits and characteristics show up? Um, personality. I honestly think that uh, the thing that I relate to the most as a Gemini when I, you know, especially like before I ever got into any of the astrology vibes, um, I would say I definitely have, there's two of me um, for sure. And two of you? There is two of me. Yeah. Describe each one. So the first one that you meet generally, like on a good day, I'm super, super nice and super friendly. I'll make friends with whoever. I don't give a fuck. I don't know if I'm, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you're definitely allowed to swear on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Swearing and courage. Yeah. So I, I guess the first one is just like a really friendly person who has good intentions, who wants to talk about emotions and be loving and open and vulnerable and I don't know like just like coming coming in with like zero judgments and just like wanting to chill and you know have a good time um and then the other one I would say is and that the other one only really comes in if I feel that I'm being fucked with or (laughs) you know whatever, like I feel that I'm being tested of some, like whatever. So the second one I would say is definitely more of an angry, angry, um, manipulative. uh, mm, I'm also the, the other side is definitely like where my lie detector side comes out where I'm like, I don't believe anything you're saying. You're a liar. And I'm going to find out what you're lying about. And then I'm going to expose you. (laughs) So that is that side. You know what I mean? Wow. There's a full spectrum of Gemini modalities going on. Do you feel like you have love for both sides? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, like, I love the friendly side, but if I didn't have my scary manipulative side, the lie detector side, then I would be walked all over, you know? So without that side, I would just be a doormat, I think, you know? Right. So you're learning how to kind of balance these duels. Totally. It's interesting because I have a Gemini moon. Mm -hmm. Both my parents are Gemini. So I, you and I think one of the things that you and I have in common is we're both very curious people. (laughs) And there's been a lot of experiences, I think, in both of our lives where we have followed Um, that sort of like innate curiosity and like sought out circumstances that told an interesting story 
rather than like serve to give us like security or safety. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I'd way rather like, we got to have, you know, excitement. Gotta, gotta, that's why I feel honestly, like a, a big part of like the first side of the Gemini, my Gemini spectrum, like the friendly side, like when I say like zero judgment, I really mean that in the sense where like, maybe there's a little bit of judgment, but it's definitely, I'm like, I'll meet someone kind of sketchy or like a little, you know, danger is maybe uh, that the danger essence is around them. And I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just, let's see what happens. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's all about kind of staying, like not staying married to one perception or one viewpoint, but kind of like, I feel like the quintessential Gemini woman, like tries on everything without like remaining too attached to one side. And I think that that you know, also really interestingly enough, like Gemini is associated with our teen years and our adolescence. And I think it's like when we're, when we're like trying a lot of like extracurricular activities and like, we may not like see anything to completion and like, that's okay, you know, (laughs) but we're like trying out a lot of different things. And I think that that sort of innate curiosity is what makes Gemini so appealing you know, and fun. It's fun. I agree. I think we're a lot of fun. I, I don't think anyone would ever describe either one of us as boring. Ever. No. That is not, that just does not speak to me or you at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So what has your journey been with, um, witchcraft and spirituality and, can you tell me a little bit about your practice and yeah. Oh my God. I love this because when I, I remember like when um, you and I had there, we had a falling out at one point when I first moved back to LA and you had first like moved back to LA from New York and we didn't talk for a while. And, you know, I remember hearing things. I remember hearing people saying grace is a witch, grace is a witch. And I was like, oh God, crazy, crazy, you know, whatever. Um, and, but also like very curious and like hearing like the rumors that the things that you did, I was like, I wonder if it works, you know, mm-hmm. in my head thinking that, but of course, like whatever, being, being a, a bitch on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then we befriended each other again. And then I'll never forget. I'm totally going to air out my shit that someone might not be happy about um but fuck it <laughs> but true, true um, yeah. well I was dating it was when I first started dating my boyfriend who I was very obsessed with we had been dating for four months and I was already like okay we're getting married I'm obsessed with him and then basically some shit went down where he cheated on me um and I was so at first I didn't know what was happening and then kind of the truth came out and I was so depressed and I really couldn't leave my bed and I knew you were practicing witchcraft and I knew you were doing that that stuff and I remember you were like we need to do a ritual and so I'll never forget buying the going to the fucking green man getting the red candle for a love spell and uh carving it and like I was at that point it was like sort of like drug addiction where I was like fuck it I'll do anything to get better because I can't live like this like I'll literally try anything um and we went to the forest and at that time my boyfriend wasn't really talking to me at all 
Um, we were still together, I think, but it was like very shaky. And I thought that he like was going to like leave me forever. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember going to the forest, having a really emotional experience. Um, I remember feeling my aunt crystal who was with me, who is my aunt who passed away from alcoholism. And it was just one of those experiences where it was like, it was like how I say in AA, like it was like a, like a God moment for me. I just want to clarify for our dear listeners. This wasn't a sort of manipulative love spell. Oh no. And like you said, because I remember this being worded very, it was almost like a reparation or like a restoration. It wasn't like, I'm going to take his pubes. Oh no. Oh my God. No, I, I remember it because you always said we can't, you can't have anyone's name involved or else that's black magic. So what I did, my spell, I like what I wrote out for my intentions was I was like, whoever is out there that is helping, helping me, whatever, helping me, I guess my angel, my guardian angels, whoever it is, my higher self, higher power, whoever you are, all I want is, um, I want whatever is meant to be in my life to be in my life and whatever is not to not be in my life. And mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to love myself. I want to yeah. be happy. And yeah. whoever, you know what I mean? Like whoever yeah. is meant to be in my life as a romantic partner, whether that's myself or my boyfriend, please make that happen. Yeah. And, uh, cause it was sort of like a weird middle ground where I didn't know what was going on and there was no clarity. <clears throat> so we did the, we did the ritual and we were up in the Los Angeles crest mountains where my mom thinks I'm going to get murdered every time I go. <laughs> and, uh, I remember driving down the hill afterwards and, I literally got a text from him, my boyfriend, which who I hadn't really spoken to. And it was like a text along the lines of like, hello, like, can we, can we talk on the phone? And up up there you have no service. So like, it was like one of those texts. And then it was like a question mark. I could tell he was like testing to see if I blocked him or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, holy shit. And I went home that night and I lit my candle and the next morning when I woke up, obviously it was, it was in a, it was a pot, in a pot of water, um, but I kept it lit and I woke up the next morning and the, the entire, the glass that was holding the candle was split perfectly in half. That's um, very common when people do their first, like, yeah, people do candle magic for the first time. Yeah. And it, I remember you saying that. And also the weird thing was the, um, what is that stuff called? Oh my God. Not like the ash or whatever that's inside the candle. You know, if you leave a candle white. lit. Yeah. The what? It was white ash. Yeah. It was white. Yeah. Then that's supposed to symbolize like angelic help. Yeah. Well, you know what? I remember about that time. I don't know. It just kind of seemed to innately ebb out of you. Yeah. And you, it's weird, like being in this circle with somebody um or a ceremony with somebody because you can kind of feel what they're bringing like they're you know uh gaudy generous benefactors from beyond the veil yeah spiritual sugar daddies as I like (laughs) to think of them and (laughs) you seem to sort of like innately in essence be kind of connected to that other plane yeah I do think that it's kind of um something that seems to come naturally. Yeah. I mean, to you. It was very, it was, it was a very, um, I, I'll never forget it. And it, I mean, it was definitely, 
it was so real to me that now I have like it, it, it felt it really did like I knew it was real as soon as I as soon as we were up in those mountains. I knew that like it wasn't bullshit. It wasn't like, you know, and um, from that moment on, I've continued to do it. And it's always been, you know, like from that point on, you and I would do those. I would do the rituals with you and like you were my teacher. And, you know, you taught me about candle magic and car- like candle carving and like that amazing book. I'm obsessed with that book that you have that is from the 70s and it's uh, candle carving. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the enchanted candle by lady Rhea. It's so like, I love, I'm obsessed with that book, but yeah, you taught me everything about all that. And I loved how you would always say, cause I'd always be like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And you'd be like, it's what you like. It's sort of like that, like you get what you give. And yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. is honestly, like, I think about that all the time, every time, like I start to get stressed out about money and like, or like, like, like if I see like, I don't know, like, um, someone on the street who like needs, needs money or needs food or whatever. And like, I, I start to, I'll be like, Oh, like I can't give them anything because I don't have that much money. And then I think to myself, no, no, no. Like you get what you give. So the more like it, not only in that, like in AA, when it, you're in an AA meeting, like they pass the basket around, like I'll have like 40 fucking dollars in my bank account and I'll still put like three or three to $5 in the basket, you know? just because it truly is so real. It's like not just magic. It's like everything can be it magic. Applies, exactly. Magic applies to everything. And I think part of this path, like the witch's path, this is kind of what I got into with Rowan in the previous episode, but it's about starting to see everything as energy and starting to live, not just like in a circle or in a ritual, but live mindfully, you know, like the, the Hebrew translation of abracadabra is what I speak, I create. Yeah, you know, being a conscious creator of reality rather than a victim of reality or rather than angry at reality can really shape and redetermine um what we're experiencing and our perception and all of those kind of things. Totally. Exactly. And it's the same thing as like like treat others the way that you want to be treated. It's like it literally is in everything and I I wholeheartedly believe that. And now throughout like since since learning everything from you like I'll do rituals by myself, you know, or I'll do them with other friends or, or whatever. And like, I, oh, I just, it's always, I, that's what I always say whenever, cause everyone's always like, am I doing this right? If they're new. And I'm like, it's what you put out there. Like, don't bring anyone else into it, but it's what it's whatever you want to put into this, you're going to receive. So, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's it's an energy. It's an energy exchange. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. So you've been in a, You've you've been to a lot of my ceremonies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what goes down aside from like the obvious human sacrifice and like taking shots of each other's <laughs> menstrual blood? And, like... <laughs> um, I mean, we've had so many insane experiences. Um, like, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget, like when I love how like you will make some of these rituals open to the public and the people that come in who, you know, again, no judgment at all. And like everyone has their own, uh, you know, I guess path or vibe or whatever with, with how they practice magic. Or everyone who- has their own vibe. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. Everyone has their own vibe, um, but I'll never forget. What? very diplomatic yeah yeah 
Um, I'll never forget when your sister and her, her, she had a couple of friends, I think with her um, to do that. We were doing the ritual and I, I will never forget the man who showed up that, well, let's call them a, I don't, I, I think that they, they look like, First of um, all, like, can I just preface this by saying anytime a group of women get together to do ceremony, there is nearly always some like outer unhealed masculinity that it's like, it's like, it's like beaming a satellite or something like happens where like men can unhealed men can sense that women are about to go do some healing work and like what if that was where like what's going on like it's literally <laughs> he was i want to call him um the beachwood jesus that's what i'm going to call him beachwood jesus because that's who he was and i'll never forget when we were calling on we were calling on our um oh my god spirit guides spirit guides he called on all of the be- or uh, all of the um all of the dragons in the area and I really was shook by that. That was so funny. I was like, damn, whoa. The all of the yeah. dragons just just in the area, just in the Beachwood Canyon. Yeah. And I think there was another time we were at my office and some man just sort of like <laughs> what? What? So that man just like barged in and it was like oh yeah. Just straight up terrifying and as the facilitator like I can't like it's re- it looks bad if I'm like laughing at ceremony I fucking break down in hysterics but if I, I look at you I know you and I can't look at each other when awkward like when awkward <laughs> things are happening we can't look at each other because then we'll laugh and it's like it's even harder to not to hold it together truly like I will never I'll never forget the the Beachwood Jesus though he was he was really, and then the fact that he, am, am I allowed to talk about the thing that happened? Maybe let's leave that. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. But he was truly quite a character also. Like, I mean, there have been so many things like when we knew someone who um, was in the ritual, we won't name, won't name names, but when she began to have like an orgasm, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> And that was well, also a very bizarre encounter. And you and I could not, I, we were, we did look at each other and we did start laughing and it was bad. Yeah. And I was trying to make it seem like, oh, it's just the vibes. Like, I know. They're just so the vibes. high in the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I mean, really- it's great. Cause it's like, it's freaky and it's fun and it's all of those things, but the real question is, does it work? And also like, in what ways is it healing? Oh my God. I mean, that, that is, I, that's my favorite. Whenever people like, I even told, like every time I tell someone new, like I always somehow always bring it up. Like, I'm like, yes, I do practice witchcraft um, with everybody. And everyone's looks at me like, I'm like, gonna like, I don't know, put a hex on them or something. But uh it does. I mean, it does work. First of all, my boyfriend and I have now been together for the boyfriend who cheated on me have now been together. for um, <laughs> No resentment at all. No resentment at all. Um, we've now been together for over two years and I love him and I'm obsessed with him. I know he would never do that to me again. And people make mistakes. Um, but aside from that, I mean, yes, it works. I've had so many so many moments um where you know I've like I keep all of 
uh, all of my like, uh, oh my God, intentions, all of my intentions I have kept. And it's really crazy to look back at them um, and see like the specifics of things that I've written down, like, and even like the, you know, things that like might seem selfish, but are things that I really wanted that I ended up getting. And um, yeah, I mean, it is. And then also like all the signs that are, I know like it can get, it can be a slippery slope for me sometimes when I get too caught up in the signs, to be honest, but yes, it is. yeah. And, but it, it, it is real. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to like get into specifics, not like just like with my work stuff, but like I, one time thought I was going to book something and I was thinking, it's like, I was thinking about it so much. And it really was a turning point in my life because I almost booked, I I really wanted to book this job. I did a bunch of magic around it and I was getting a lot of callbacks for it. And I was hearing like, it was a remake of a movie that was, has been made before. So I was, I every store I would go into the fucking song would be playing of like the theme song of the movie. I would see t-shirts, people wearing t-shirts with the movie on it. And it's not like a current movie. I don't like, it's not like some people aren't obsessed right now with this movie, you know? And I would see all these fucking signs. And then I ended up getting a DM from the director of the project saying a bunch of, like, this was at a point where I was like, am I even meant to do this with my life? Like, I am so down on myself right now. And then I received a DM from this director. I, D- I DM'd him like months or like a month before this being like, I'd really love like, like just some crazy message me, like, you know, manically messaging him, not ne- thinking he would never see it. Cause he's a big guy, like a big guy in the industry. And <clears throat> he ended up fucking messaging me back this really nice message, basically really complimenting me and making me feel really, really, um, validated. And, um, I didn't obviously, I didn't end up booking the job, but that's not what it was about. It, it was, it was the, I think for you, like, a, and we've talked about this in detail, but it wasn't necessarily so much about like the obtainment of a wish, but it was like this confirmance that yes, if you put enough energy or, you know, your thoughts carry magnetic weight, they carry molecular weight on what yeah. you're perceiving. Totally. And I remember that being like a huge turning point. Oh, it was huge. I'll never, I'll, I will never forget that in my life. I, if I ever do, you know, succeed in the way that I hope to, like, I will be thanking that man one day. I will be thanking him because it really, it was really an emotional experience for me. So, and that's just like one of the many things, I guess. Yes, it, it definitely works. It's definitely healing. It's become my own, like witchcraft has become my own spiritual practice. Like I, I, like I've mentioned a million times I'm in AA and like I, for so long, I was like, I don't know what my higher power is. Like, I don't know if I believe in God, I don't know what I believe in. And I now have that, you know, I have that connection. I know, I know what that is for me, you know? Totally, totally. And I think that like, insofar as like being somebody who has like had, you know, struggled with mental health, there's something about kind of the witch inclusivity and sort of like the playfulness and even, you know, the idea that um, we can like become sources of our own power and our own strength through sort of these like rituals that for me has been so unbelievably healing because I need to feel evidence of spirituality to be Mm -hmm. honest. 
like although I'm quite out there I'm actually like a closet is like a closeted skeptic Mm -hmm. and this was like the most like when I started doing ceremonies (laughs) initially like with my siblings when I was a child but when I started doing ceremonies it was like this saturated experience where I felt like you know my guides or my higher power and I felt contained and I felt sort of enveloped and I felt held um and it's also kind of like you know they call it witchcraft because you can be crafty and you can be creative and I really uh valued that as well but one of the things I wanted to talk about was additionally was like there's this you know if if we like time traveled you know 150 years like would we be burned at the stake yes 100 percent um without a doubt me simply for having red hair you for telling the truth like yeah Yeah. oh 100% yeah but also like um I've been thinking about how there's this kind of like and you and I have both talked about this in great detail and I think struggled with this a lot but how the the title of which is kind of synonymous with the modern day crazy girl Mm -hmm. and how you can kind of essentially write somebody off as being crazy and sort of like nobody can argue like you if you're a crazy person you can't argue like I'm not crazy like you know you're kind of blanketed into this untouchable or um you know your your words are kind of invalidated yeah uh, just by sort of reputation or whatever and I feel like that is the modern day equivalent of a witch Except this time you can't, you know, burn anybody at the stake, but you can sort of isolate them, isolate them or, you know, talk badly about them, whatever, devalue that. And I think that um, part of being a witch is kind of reclaiming ownership because you have to be a little crazy. Otherwise, nothing, you know, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I love that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think that. um I mean, I think I was probably 14 um, the first time I was called crazy. And I, I mean, that word, I like I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And what's so crazy about it? What's so crazy <laughs> um, is I like I that's one of the first words that maybe I would use to describe myself, which is, you know, my own that's just like a uh that's 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 my own I guess like it's like I can call myself that before you can you know what I mean yeah um and that's sort of how I've gone through my life um up until probably people started getting a little people started waking up we'll say um the last few years I definitely still um people definitely still call me that um but it's still it's it's trauma. It's like a trauma-based, uh, I guess, adjective that I would use to describe myself. Um, yeah, but I mean, even like it's, it's still happening. Like I, the last, I guess six months ago, the last time I was called crazy, um, I was working with this girl who I kind of knew like peripherally, like just from growing up in LA and she was working on this thing and we were having like a a business meeting and we were just, we were talking. And then afterwards we finished and um, we were just hanging out and she had had like a few drinks and I was like, Oh God, like 
I always thought that, um, that you hated me. I'm trying really hard not to say her name right now. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I really always thought that you hated me. And she was like, what? She was like, oh my God, no, I never hated you. Like, I mean, you know, like I always knew you were crazy, but like, I never hated you. And I was so like, whoa, like, yeah, it was very shocking and like sad kind of. And I felt, I, I felt like that feeling, you know, when you're like a little kid and like, I don't know, someone like says something mean about you, but you, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was just so embarrassing kind of. And I just felt like I had to continue on with that. I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm crazy. Like, but no, no, like, oh, I'm glad you never hated me. Like, haha, whatever, you know? And it's so interesting, like, because yeah, it is, it is very hard to hear that when it's like literally the only reason why I've ever been called crazy is because I tell people, uh, I, I tell, I tell people how it is. I don't, um, lie and I'm, I'm just really straightforward and I stand up for people who are being, you know, called crazy or being called like an outcast or like every single female that I've surrounded myself with since I was 13 or 14, probably like all I'm pretty sure have been called crazy themselves. I don't, I I mean, and I also think that that is, that is synonymous with like the idea of the witch who like is kind of like different or an outcast, you know, and also seeks truth. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want to unpack that because like, I think that it is, first of all, like a lot of that's misogynistic, right? Mm -hmm. That's misogyny. Calling women crazy is misogynistic. And like, we can't even like, there's so many layers to that. You know, I mean, particularly in a, in a, in a time, you know, where like mental illness is like being destigmatized. So either like you are calling somebody who suffers from mental illness crazy, which is already like beyond fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to sort of undermine somebody's like humanity. Yeah. And it's it's also to me, it's sort of like. I feel like I literally, I've said this in therapy a lot. I literally think that I felt for so long in my life, like this might be dramatic, but I felt like so um, gaslit by everybody, like by the world. Mm. It was like, oh, like, like, oh, you're, you're upset because, um, you know, like uh, a guy like ghosted you, um, relax, you know, you're, you're yeah. sad that like, you know, girls are talking badly about you and you're like 16 and like, you just wanted to hang out and they're not inviting you. Oh, relax. Like, why is this such a big deal? You know? And it's like, what do you mean? Why is this a big deal? Like it sucks to it. Like, why can't, why is everyone so afraid of talking about their feelings? Like what yes. like, feelings, you know, Yes, completely. that's like, it's really, and it's, you know, it's been like this with my family, with friends, with relationships, like I've had so many, like, even like with my, you know, like, okay. So I was, this is like so fucking personal and I'm just going to put it out there. Like my therapist, I forgot, like I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and I was diagnosed that because I got sober and then I had a suicide attempt and I was really, really like, you know, unhappy and freaking out. And like, when I got sober, I lost all my friends. And I, so I was diagnosed with borderline and then about mm, four months ago, I asked my therapist, I was like, I don't really relate to a lot of the borderline um, 
like qualities anymore. Like it's weird. I don't like, w- would you still diagnose me as that? Because my doctor is, or I mean, my therapist is also like whatever she's doctor. Her name is Harper, by the way, Dr. Harper. Dr. Harper. It's fucking I crazy. always joke that it's just Harper in a mirror in a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it very well could be just like Do- Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So she, I was like, what would you diagnose me as? And she was like, I don't think you have borderline at all. Um, I think that was a misdiagnosis. I think that you have um, chronic PTSD. And that was really interesting to me because I was like, because what it looks like, what my borderline, what they would say my borderline outbursts were, were like when someone would say something to me, like there were certain sentences that were really triggering for me, like calling me crazy, um, saying I was hysterical. not doing enough. Like there's so much there that like would literally throw me into a complete freak out. And it's literally all just at the, at the end of the day, what it stems from is like basically being gaslit and being, being called crazy for feeling your feelings, you know? Yeah, totally. And I do think that there's something like, I think like even a diagnosis, like that's kind of like a contract that there's something magical about that, right? Like person, you know, personality disorders are tough because when you kind of um, believe that you have a personality disorder, there could even be a potential to magic that into existence, right? But like, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And like, this is something that I'm consistently trying, particularly having like my parents who work in treatment and mental health, like, um, ebbing through sort of like okay what is what it can I like reframe this in a magical way or do I need to kind of stick with the psychological way you know Mm -hmm. because I think that both have their purpose and both have their usefulness but it sounds like in I mean in instances where you were um you know triggered I hate that word (laughs) In instances where you were triggered, a lot of those are, you know, it's almost like you standing up for your own femininity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really insane to me how, I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be insane and like everyone's different, but like the idea that vulnerable, like to me, vulnerability is power. And that's where I've like really grown in my life was where, when I learned like, it's so much more there's so, there's so much more power in saying, Hey, I'm hurt than being like, fuck you, bitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that is like, you know, I think I, I think you and I practiced that at an earlier age than most young women, like the, our, our gut reaction when someone has hurt us is to go to them and be like, Hey, you hurt me. And like, we're intense people. So we're not like, you hurt me. We're like, you fucking hurt me. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know you know know what I mean so it's like because it's like either that or it's like yeah you know but it's so true it's like you know that there's so much more power in that and I think people are afraid of that because they're like whoa you're so intense you're so crazy and it's like Uh, no I'm fucking I feel I'm a human being I'm the only sane one here sometimes that's what I feel that's what I think Literally, I'm like, why is everyone, everyone's always being so passive aggressive. And like, I just don't <laughs> understand that at all. I'm like, let's just get down to business. Let's, let's get, get down to the root of the dirt. Let's dig through the dirt. Literally. Yeah, it's like being in an insane asylum where the mental patients are the staff. Yeah, literally. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I completely, no, I get it. And vulnerability, that is a type of magic. That's disarming. And I also think that there's something about like, if you go into something, owning your emotional reality, owning your emotional truth, you're kind of controlling base reality. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're coming at something and, and not playing games and not, you know, gim- you know, but I think it, we kind of have to be our own protectors, our own parents um, when it comes to, yeah, protecting our energy and holding boundaries and all of those things fall into the category of magic, in my opinion. I agree. I think every, like literally, like we've said before, everything is, everything is magic. And uh, like my m- motto is like, you know, you get what you give and you need to like it, in everything. It's like, you, that's why you have, you should be a good person, a good daughter, a good friend, a good whatever, you know, like it's, if you're not, if you're not coming um, into every situation through love, then don't come through the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you're just, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that's my opinion on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any, um, do you have any tips for Gemini season for people wanting to embrace their inner Gemini? Hmm. I love, I don't know. I, I, it's so funny. I've actually been meeting a lot of Geminis recently. I love Geminis. Um, just fucking embrace the embrace the crazy that's what i'm gonna say embrace it embrace it love it don't try and hide it vulnerability is power fuck the haters <laughs> be a good person be honest don't fucking lie because gemini season that's when I, all the all the truth is revealed you know <laughs> so don't don't go there but yeah saint of gemini's yeah that's, that's me the patron saint of gemini's yeah that's you i love that i should get that's that tattooed on. <laughs> yeah you need like a candle brand yeah, yeah. okay anything else i think that's that's all i have to say for now awesome well yeah. thank you harper for coming on the pod of course i, I loved love it you. i'm I grateful for you, you. I know I'm so you're my teacher my wit my witch bitch teacher oh thanks that was so fun I had such a good time chatting with Harper Cullen she is one of my dearest friends she's hilarious she's fun there's an air of unpredictability there I hope you guys learned a lot I hope you got some Gemini tea I hope that you are ready to give Gemini season a big goodbye and enter the sensitive sign of the crab where we are weepy and wallowing in self-pity. My dad always used to say, say cancers or Scorpios in a house coat. It's like the sign of the resentful housewife. But it can also be really homey and nice and soft and sensitive. And I think people sort of retreat to their home spheres more, which is great because I'm tired of watching everybody on some sort of like voyeuristic, hedonistic Gemini journey. Yeah. Cancer time. Cancer time. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what year is it? I actually am really bad with dates as an astrologer. Like, I oftentimes forget what the date is. This podcast was produced by the angel Gabriel Bruce. Bitchcraft. He also created the amazing tunes. This that you're hearing is for the duration of this. Nope, that doesn't this really is bitchcraft. The, the, the music the music and <laughs> podcast was produced by my dear friend Angel this Gabriel Bruce. Bitchcraft. 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 Bitchcraft.